Hello, I am Rafa Franco. I am reading my story Piano from the book collection Machine of Death. For more information, please visit machineofdeath.net. Piano Piano, man. Can you believe it? Freaking piano. You know what the problem was? I did it when I was 16. Freaking 16 years old. You don't do that kind of thing when you're 16. You're not supposed to know the exact way you're going to die when you're 16. You're supposed to be freaking skinning your knee playing street hockey, reading comics, getting laid, not having a blood test to find out you're gonna die by piano. Why, 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 why did I do it at 16? Okay, two reasons. One, my girlfriend put me up to it. She was that kind of girl, you know? Had a little speck of morbid curiosity. Hell, that's why I was dating her in the first place. She was blonde and morbid. Of course, it wasn't her getting the news. It was a kid in a steel-toed boots and bad haircut. Two, well, yeah, I was a freaking kid. People are still waiting in line for a working brain at that age. And I was still holding my number when the death machine came out. Woo! You couldn't miss it. It was a big friggin' summer thing. Stick your arm in, press a button, and find out how you're going to die. Everybody was doing it. Stockbrokers, soccer moms, Madonna. It was the latest of the latest. It was in. And when you have 16 years, steel-toed boots, a bad haircut, and no brain? You want to be in so bad. I remember everything about that day. It was right there at the mall, between the ice cream stand and Hot Topic. A big hunk of metal with a hole and a slit. There we were, my girlfriend, the voyeur, and I. We went for ice cream. She wiped a spot of vanilla from my forehead with one of those little napkins they give you. And then I did it. It's incredible. I don't even remember the girl's name. But I still remember what kind of ice cream I got. Vanilla and Rocky Road and piano. Friggin' piano, man. I didn't know what to make of it at first. What did it mean? Would a music store collapse on me? Would a kid uh, stab me with a Casio keyboard? Would a piano crush me on the street and would I stick my head out of the wreckage with black and white keys for teeth? Would I die like Sylvester the cat? You try not to think about it. Try to live your life like before when you didn't have to try not to think about it. It wouldn't have been so bad if I didn't live in Manhattan, the skyscraper capital of the world. I was constantly looking up, searching for a crane, a scaffold, a couple of guys holding a rope with a big old concert crayon swinging back and forth, all the while fingering and twirling that little cardboard rectangle inside my pocket. Pay attention to where you're going, my mom used to say. Get your head out of the clouds. I didn't care. I wasn't going to die from falling into a sewer hole or getting hit by a car. Unless it was a piano moving truck, of course. Eventually, it got the best of me. The girlfriend dumped me after I had a nervous breakdown watching Mr. Jones. You know, Richard Gere. The scene where he takes the girl to the store chock full of I can't bring myself to say it anymore. And he 
sits down and plays on one and then two. I, I, I couldn't take it. I snapped. Hey, she got a easy. She should have seen the drama a couple of days later when Big was on, and I watched in sheer horror as Tom Hanks danced chopsticks with his boss. It was bad. I spent my days cooped up in my room, staring at the internet and listening to Bright Eyes for hours on end. My mom suggested therapy, but I was too embarrassed to discuss it with anyone. It would have been so different if the machine had sentenced me to landmine or seppuku, or even low cabin pressure. Those were good ways to go, dude! Manly! But no, the utter ridiculousness of piano haunted me night and day. And the looking up, all the time, everywhere, looking for the piano of Damocles swinging over my head. After three years of thinking about death, facing death, and ultimately waiting for death, just hoping that it would show itself and rid me of the freaking question, a thought assaulted me during one of many sleepless nights. It was a new thought, but at the same time it was the same old one that whirled around in my mind all the time, just turned backward. I whacked my forehead at 4 a.m. I knew how I was going to die, right? So what did I also know? How I was not going to die. I slept like a baby. I woke up a brand new man. Everything around me was colored different. Cereal smelled sweeter, the wind felt crisper, and traffic sounded like chirping birds. Everything changes when you start to live without fear. I left high school in the dust. I called up friends I had neglected for too long, and I made a decision about the rest of my life. See, it was all the looking up. My head had literally been in the clouds for three years, and in the sky I found the love of my life. I wanted to fly. Everything fit. I could never be scared of flying at 12,000 feet because I knew perfectly well that no plane under my command would ever crash. I'd find my niche among the aircraft's buttons, levers, and instruments. As long as none of them were musical instruments, I would be fine. So I went to flight school. None of my instructors had ever seen such a confident student. They were used to seeing regular people shaken or even a little daunted by the complexity of a flying machine. Not me. I grabbed the controls and took her up like I was riding a bike. Not a moment of hesitation. If only they knew I had the certainty that nothing would ever go wrong with me at the stick. The skies became as familiar to me as home, and I was good. It was amazing knowing that I couldn't crash, realized and solidified the fact that I would never crash. Passed every test with flying colors, so to speak, finally made my mother proud. And how could I fail? I was unafraid. That little card, the one I carried in my pocket everywhere I went, had told me the only thing that could ever kill me. Piano. Ha! Huh. I laughed at the word now. It was just a harmless little word. All I'd had to do was wrap myself in a piano-less world. And planes and pianos do not mix. I wish I'd known earlier how knowing the exact way I'd die would grant me such happiness and self-confidence. I wanted to kick life in the shin. I became such a daredevil that I joined the military. Yeah, why not? I would go to war. 
That white card was my card Blanche. It didn't say bullet, did it? It didn't say bomb or missile either. I was unstoppable. I climbed the ranks like crazy. I made captain like you'd make a hard-boiled egg. No one was able to match my piloting skills and daring stunts in the air. I was the envy of the entire service. They trained me to fly helicopters and I aced that as well. I couldn't wait to get into combat. That's how psyched I was. I even heard they thought I had a death wish. Huh, a death was the least of my concerns. If it wasn't playing the Cheers theme song, I said, bring it on. I was the first in line to tour the Middle East. There's always something over there that needs bombing, and I was counting on being the first one off the ground. They even put me in charge of a Black Hawk. A Black Hawk, man, the predator of the sky. I don't remember the details of this particular mission. I know it went something like this. The Humvees and the 50 Cals were supposed to roll into some town somewhere, neutralize the insurgency, and go home. Our four birds were the air support, and I said, no worries, dudes. There'd be no Black Hawk down with me on board, baby. Right? Wrong. Okay, I hope all of this is readable. By the way, I'm writing in the dark on some scrap of cloth I found lying around on the floor of the cell, and you do not want to find out what I'm writing with. At this point, if anyone ever does read this, you must have figured out there's no happy ending for this one. Obviously I've been taken captive, a hostage to barter with, or perhaps payback for all the Gitmo Abu Ghraib crap they must have seen in Al Jazeera. That would explain all the cruel and unusual we have been subject to for the past week? Month? I don't even want to know anymore. This is as far as I want to remember. I'd like to get to the point of all this before I lose the rest of my mind. I have to think hard about what the point of all this was. I've been having problems gathering my thoughts lately. It. It's been held with, with the light bulb, and the mask, and the hi-fi sound system constantly blaring in the background. Actually, the foreground, when you think of it, since there's, there's, there's nothing over or, or under it, after or for, it smears my days, and it haunts my dreams, and I know. I know now what it's all come to. I know that music. I know precisely what musical instrument is playing that music. And I have time to think about it too, as I weave and heave and lie here in the darkness, silently contemplating my death. It's a symphony. It's a concerto. It's great balls of fire. And yes, whatever it is, it's a solo. For more stories about the Machine of Death, please visit our website, machineofdeath.net. This audio file is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License. That means feel free to share it, send it around, or adapt it however you like, but please don't sell it. I am Rafa Franco, thanks for listening.